We literally finished this podcast and then within 30 minutes, I got a message to my DMs asking a question about porting your mortgage over to another property. So suffice it to say, this has been a big, big, big topic, not just for clients, um, but for a lot of our real estate partners asking and assuming things about how someone can port their mortgage over. So Derek and I took the time out this episode to dig deep into how you port your mortgage, why you should port your mortgage, why you shouldn't, where you can't, and Man, we just got so much deeper than I, even I expected to. So this is a really detailed conversation, but most importantly, this is going to be a cornerstone episode for everybody listening in, uh, thinking about making that move for their existing property or has a client thinking about making a move and want to understand how that all works with their mortgage. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the summer. It's been absolutely incredible and the feedback just continues to be amazing. I imagine everybody out there, instead of just listening to this on the drive, is out there on vacation on the beach listening to this. So if that's you, make sure to send a little screenshot and location, tag us up wherever you are uh, so we can show you some love. Um, hey, we had to get a chance to give away another Thrive mug last week. Again, Coffee might not be what you're thinking about drinking right now, but you can throw some other beverages in there when you're working, so keep you nice and cool. We have a great little podcast review this week on iTunes uh, from Alejandro M. Uh, Alejandro's a part of ours, but he did this independently uh, and hopped on there. He said, this group is the best in the biz. Love the podcast format and all the valuable content you guys share to the public. It's relevant, accurate, and it's ex educational. Excellent guide for us to make educated decisions. Thank you, Alejandro, for hopping on there and leaving us a review. Really appreciate you, my friend. You got a mug coming your way with some delicious coffee. Hey, guys, what are you loving about the show? What do you guys want to hear more about? Uh, and what direction do you want to go? Uh, great feedback over the last week or two in the YVR Remo Show Instagram channel. And, you know, we've had a couple little different comments in the last few weeks about continuing to add uh, more uh, information like this, key cornerstone information and starting to build up some guides. Uh, you know, And we've also had a few other people say they really enjoy the approach that we take to interviewing uh, real estate experts such as investors and other people in the real estate space. So we wanna hear from you. What is it that you're enjoying the most about the show? Your feedback really helps us to understand what direction to continue to take it. Otherwise, we'll continue to do what we do. So again, enjoy the show. Let us know what you think. Tag us up at Thrive, at Thrive Mortgage Co., at the YVR Remo Show. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YVR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We're seeing a lot of families moving homes right now uh, to different locations all over the province, all over Canada. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, when we, we kind of get into the summer months or the spring months, it's, you know, we've done a lot of purchases. We've done a lot of clients upsizing, things of that nature. One of the first topics that always comes up in that process is about the idea of porting your mortgage. And so if you don't know what porting is, it's essentially the idea or the concept or the structure of taking your existing mortgage, which is on your current home, residence, property, whatever, and transferring it over to another property. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of misconceptions around how it works, uh, who can do it, when you do it, why you do it, all these different types of things. And uh, to be honest with you, with the amount of questions we've had this year, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't actually done this podcast earlier. Uh, it's definitely a, basically probably one of the most misunderstood parts of uh, the moving process. So uh, we're going to dig into that today. Hey, Derek. 
there's a ton of misconceptions. Like you said, you know, a lot of people think it'll be easy and painless and we're going to dig into that, but there's a lot of reasons where porting actually doesn't work or scenarios where you actually cannot port. So we typically tell people not to bank on that when you're going into a fixed rate product, but yeah, why don't we dig into the misconceptions? Ooh, I like that. Don't bank on it. That's good. <laughs> All right. So I, I think the first thing that comes up is the most common item, which comes up all the time, which is that when you're porting from one property to another property, you don't need to fill out an application and you don't need to qualify or go through the stress test. You basically just call the bank and say, yep, I can port. Um, I think the reason that that comes up a lot is is because people just call their bank and say, hey, can I port my mortgage or what am I good for? And they'll run some numbers, which is honestly no different than when people just call the bank and say, hey, what am I pre-qualified for? There's probably a lot, you know, they could communicate better to the clients and let them know. But the biggest misconception is that you don't need to qualify. And that's just not the case. And I think another reason that that thought lingers is you think like you already have that mortgage in place like you've already qualified for it you're making your payments why would you have to requalify for the same mortgage which i can totally understand and i would side with in a sense um, but that's not the way the banks look at it at all when you're making a transition and one thing to keep in mind is typically when you're porting it's very rare that you're just porting that exact mortgage balance to the next property it's usually somebody upsizing, downsizing, whatever it might be. And, and you're typically going to be increasing that mortgage is, is primarily what we see when people are actually porting. And the minute you add one more dollar to a mortgage, you always have to qualify, right? So just keep that in mind. Um, moving on to the next piece, this kind of rolls back into number one, but a lot of people think that it'll be quick, easy, painless. We've actually had some uh, real estate agents suggest to their clients that they could go no subjects, no financing subject required because they are porting. Um, because the realtor at the same time thought that there was no qualification and they would have no issues, right? So you just got to keep in mind that, you know, maybe when you applied for that mortgage five years ago or four years ago, you had a job and maybe you've retired since then and you no longer qualify for that specific mortgage. So you got to go through the same pre-approval process. You know, sometimes when it makes sense, we can help our clients port as well. If the penalty is massive, we can actually do that uh, with the institutions internally. So yeah, there's just, that's hands down the biggest one. You know, a lot of people think it's just going to be quick, easy, painless and and mortgages are, are the complete opposite nowadays. So there's a lot of homework that you got to do prior. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on that note, I mean, I think a lot of that comes back to just generally uh, just a lack of knowledge around how this whole porting process works. And, and, uh, I, and I don't actually know why, uh, and we hear this all the time. I don't know why real estate agents, uh, tell their clients that they can just port over, uh, to me, obviously, uh, you know, most of the people we work with obviously don't do that or say that, but it's always, when I talk to a client, they always say like, Hey, actually my realtor said I'd be okay. I can just port my mortgage. I should be fine. So don't, don't speak on that. If you're a real estate agent, uh, make sure they go through the qualification, but make sure they actually do. We deal with this like a true pre-approval exactly the same way. Like we start the file from start to finish, full application, full documents, full credit report, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Derek, how many times have you seen it where someone actually qualifies, but then you pull up their credit report and you know they bought a new car loan or a truck loan or something of that nature or a trailer or whatever, and then boom, now they, they don't qualify. We see that all the time. There's so many reasons. And if you're a realtor, don't stop listening because we said that. Keep listening because you'll learn a lot about why clients might not be able to port, right? It's so There's so much more than just the qualification itself. Yeah. So, so, but the fact that it's, a, it's supposed to be quick and easy, 
so to speak. Um, it's the exact same process. We have to submit it to the bank or submit it to the lender or the client has to submit it to the bank and the lender goes through the underwriting department. The underwriting department reviews all the documents. All that stuff is still done. No different appraisals. You name it, as you just mentioned there. Um, so uh, the funny thing for me, which I think people don't realize, is I've found that ports actually take longer than new mortgage applications because that actually goes to a different department, like an internal department, which is typically slower. I mean, on the on the broker side, we don't actually have as much contact with them like we would for a purchase application. It kind of goes off this other department. And I don't know what it is, but they don't seem to have as much pressure on the timelines or as much concern. So in my experience, ports take longer in most cases than typical purchase uh, uh, mortgages. What, like, have you noticed that? Yeah, and I think a, a part of that is there's more administrative work because you know they're taking an existing mortgage with 23 and a half years left and they're moving that over at a 2.79% rate, but then they have to blend it with you know an extra 147,000 of a 3% rate. And there's just a little bit more work for the lender to actually calculate all the numbers and process that approval. So for sure, it's uh, I would say it's not anywhere near as quick um, as a standard purchase, but I mean, we're still typically getting them done in, in subject periods if we need to, right? For sure, for sure. It's just that extra day or two or whatnot, yeah. right? Um, that make a difference. So, so the other thing to note about the porting process, getting into it, is that um, a lot of times people actually have to pay their mortgage penalty when they are selling and buying and doing a port process. And there's a variety of reasons behind that. One of them is that the dates don't always line up, so they maybe need a bridge. Another one could be that someone sold and not bought right away. Uh, believe it or not, some lenders have uh, the ability for a client to port, you know, 30 days later or 60 days later or 90 days later. And it's also important to note that they all, don't all do that. It's case by case scenario. Each lender has its own timeline at which you can actually start up your own mortgage. Um, but yeah, again, a lot of times you have to pay it out when you close and then you get reimbursed. So if a client doesn't have the budget to do that, which is often the case, they just can't port. Yeah, I mean, typically when someone's porting, it's because there's a massive penalty, right? Like when the penalty is reasonable, it's small, it's a few grand, they're typically going to pay it. There might be better options. They're, they're re-amortizing. They're making their next mortgage, you know, a better uh, a better situation for themselves. And, you know, if it's a twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 penalty and you're not aware of this and you walk into your lawyer's meeting and they're telling you to bring thirty grand extra than you had banked on and you don't have access to that cash, like that's a pretty bad position to be in, right? We've seen a lot of people scrambling last minute when the bank didn't explain this to them. So if you're porting because the penalty is high, we have to figure out or you have to figure out if you're going to have to pay that penalty in full and get reimbursed later and you got to account for that money. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, another common misconception, uh, it's going to be cheaper for me to port my mortgage. It's going to save me money. Not always the case. In fact, these days with the interest rates being as low as they are, it's very commonly not the case at all. The problem is that most people don't have an educated advisor to spend the time and the energy running the numbers. And you can bet the banker will not run those numbers for you. So typically it's up for the client to make that decision unless they're working with a, a professional like us that actually breaks it down and shows them the numbers. So I would say, I mean, I don't know if I could put percentages or numbers down, um, but I would say in most situations, especially if someone bought like three years ago, two years ago, uh, it actually makes sense for them to break the loan. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people look at a $10,000 penalty and they just think there's absolutely no chance that an interest rate could recoup that amount of money, right? Like, 
I have countless, we have countless clients that, you know, we've saved 30, 40, $50,000 by restructuring their mortgage in the last year while, while rates have dropped. Right. And, and some of these people are paying $9,000 penalties, but over the, the remainder of their term of four years, whatever, there's some dramatic savings there. So, you know, we have tools, we run these numbers on every single application that, that comes through uh, our team to make sure that we know and we're putting the client in the best possible position and outcome. Yeah. Um, another big thing here is, well, number one, figuring out the numbers and seeing if it makes sense, right? And if it doesn't, it's okay, you just port. Um, yeah. But another thing that people don't really think about is, you know, you port to save that money, but is there any other benefit in paying that penalty? Even if you're not gonna recoup that full penalty on interest rate savings, is there any other benefit? Does it make sense to maybe increase, you know, pay off some debt? Does it make sense to re-amortize? Does it make sense to switch from that fixed rate that you're in into a variable? Because maybe it's a short-term situation for the next property, right? Like there's so many other situations that you really have to consider because if you're in that fixed and you lock into another five-year fixed on your port, you're going to be in the same situation over and over and over again uh, if you continue to move or have need to break your mortgage. And I think this is just like a constant conversation that we have just in general about knowing your numbers and knowing your scenarios, but more importantly, just realizing that it, that that percentage point that you're looking at isn't how you shop for a mortgage. Like, again, the sad reality is most people just Google something up, they see a price point, and that's what they go for, or they're told something by, you know, the banker or otherwise, who really at the end of the day, is it nothing wrong with bankers, we know some great bankers, but they don't really have any um, additional incentive to make sure that you're in a better situation for them. It's not really going to save them money, make them money or or otherwise it just comes down to whether or not they want to do the work and show you the numbers. So, you know, know the numbers, make sure you run the scenarios and understand if it makes sense. Like Derek mentioned, you know, other things that you really, really want to consider as, as we kind of discussed here is you, when you're porting, you can't re-amortize a loan. So a lot of people are going from like a townhouse to a detached house or things of that nature where there's more money required. When you do that, you, you're often going to take on a bigger mortgage in most cases, like three, four, five hundred thousand dollars And that equates to a big bump up in your payments as we discussed. So, um, really knowing again that that monthly payment factor is huge. You go to 30 year amortization versus what you have left, which is 23 years, you know, that could knock down your payment by hundreds of dollars a month. And to be honest with you, most people, that's pretty important. So you always got to be thinking ahead, right? And that that big dollar figure, that penalty scares people into porting all the time. So just you got to look at the numbers, right? The numbers will tell you. On that point, like I actually had a conversation like this yesterday with a client and I showed them, they, they thought they couldn't move. So straight away, they were like, I can't port, so I can't move. It's not even an option. And uh, we showed them how taking that amortization period up allowed them to borrow the extra $200,000 to actually just get that home. So, so from that perspective, it wasn't necessarily about just the porting option, but really, can I upgrade my home? They didn't even know it was an option. So that's actually uh, a, such a huge thing. While we're on the topic of qualification, this is very common. You know, someone comes to us and they might be with TD Bank and, you know, they, they have a hefty penalty and they want to get out of their townhouse and get into a detached home, maybe with a basement suite. Well, when we run the numbers with the TD Bank qualification, just as an example, maybe they're hitting a million dollar price point with their bank. But if we take them maybe to a credit union that has a better rental policy to utilize that rental income, maybe we can get them to a 1.1 or 1.2, which is what they need to qualify. Right. So. It, you never really know. No one can predict the future, but we see that a lot of times where people don't qualify for specifically what they want with their current institution. And that's where, you know, it, porting just doesn't work if you can't get what you want out of your current lender. So true. So true. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where 
where like other considerations around that you, what you need to know about uh, like where it may not work to port and so forth so uh, you know, getting into it right away, the first thing that we looked at was the actual property type. Um, this, I, I don't know if it's the season or the, the time of the year or whatnot, but I've had people asking me lately a lot about purchasing properties on leased land. So it's not a freehold property. You don't own it outright. You've got a lease for 100 years or 50 years or whatever it is, right? Um, grow ops, things of that nature. Leased land is the first one we'll touch on there. Hey, if you're hearing this for the first time, a lot of lenders do not finance leased land. So uh, native leased land, city leased land, and otherwise, they don't finance them. And there's a lot of reasons. We probably need to do an episode about that just based on the conversations I've had previously. But at the end of the day, if, uh, if it is a leased land property, you have to keep in mind that not only are not very many lenders actually financing them, but the ones that do have different rules and guidelines around financing those properties. So maybe they do finance it, but your port may not be eligible because of like your amortization schedule or how much you need to qualify and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And I mean, on the topic of lenders and property types and the current market, we're seeing a lot of people try to buy recreational properties. Some people are moving out of the city and they're moving out to the lake, Cultus, Kelowna, what have you. And again, situations where, uh, you know, you, you want to go buy that cabin on five acres for the same price as a Vancouver condo, your bank might not do that, right? And uh, that ties into another point, which is uh, location. So like most credit unions are local based, they only lend locally, they only lend to residents of the province. Uh, and there's a lot of people moving to BC from Alberta, Toronto. Um, we've seen a ton of that uh, over the last six to eight months. And some of these people have mortgages with their credit union based in that province and they can't port because their credit union doesn't lend here. So again, could be an unforeseen uh, circumstance that you can't predict, but it's just another reason that some of these you know penalties are being paid and, and porting is not working out. That's actually a really interesting one. And, and so we work with uh, a lot of clients who are uh, RCMP um, and the, a lot of our RCMP clients are transferring from you know Ontario to BC or BC as you mentioned to other areas of the country and one of the first things that we tell them is that like you cannot take this mortgage with you where you go if you're with that local credit union um, and a lot of people don't realize that I mean case in point which is really interesting is like we'll do a file where a client would maybe fit um, you know like let's say on the island island savings or something of that nature they may not finance the file up north like northern BC or other areas of even just British Columbia in general so that's another key factor plus it's not like you can walk into any different branches or things of that nature so it can provide some different unique limitations for smaller lenders uh, as well so those are really key things to, to think about what about um, just general uh, like qualification on that next property, like uh, rental income, being self-employed, credit, like, you know, what would you bring up on that piece? Well, this is kind of the, the piece that I touched on earlier where, you know, maybe you need that that credit union with a better rental policy than your current lender. And and that could really cause issues. And then, you know, maybe you're self-employed and, and, and you've incorporated two years ago, but yep. previously you were a sole proprietor and you're leaving a lot of business in your corporation. A lot of banks and credit unions will not acknowledge that income at all, like zero, right? But some other lenders will absolutely look at a portion of the corporate income to help you qualify. So there's just a ton of different programs out there that we just see it all the time where you might not qualify with the bank that you're with and that triggers you to you know move on to another institution. Yeah. Um, another thing that we've been seeing a ton of is multi-generational purchases, right? You know, the parents are retired, they've made a bunch of money on their house, it's paid off. Uh, the kids are, you know, maybe struggling to get into the market or what have you. 
and they'll combine forces and they purchase a nice big acreage together. And, you know, the kids are paying the mortgage, the parents are living there uh, debt free and, and it's a big happy family. But that is one thing where if you are trying to port a mortgage and it's yourself and your wife and you're going to be adding your parents, most lenders won't allow you to port because you're adding people to the mortgage, you're changing something uh, and that would trigger a penalty right there. This is very case by case. Sometimes you can get exceptions, uh, separations as well. Oftentimes, if you're removing somebody from the mortgage, and this doesn't have to be a marriage separation, I've seen friends that have bought together and they're splitting apart, they're selling an investment property, what have you. A lot of times they actually won't allow you to put that mortgage either because again, you are changing something to do with the initial mortgage, which is kind of stopping that port. No doubt. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, the rental piece is massive. Uh, if your property was a rental property or it's moving to a rental property or there's any rental income involved, I find that right away that becomes a, a greater challenge um, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the rental income is not the same. Go back to that uh, multi-generational piece. So uh, what's been the most common thing we've seen in the last year is parents co-signing with mortgages or families moving together, like you mentioned. Like, How often does that happen, man? I feel like Basically, every second home buyer, first time home buyer we work with is buying with a family member or a friend or someone's co-signing or the parents are helping. Like it's tougher to get into the market, especially in British Columbia or Ontario and other areas like that, where the barrier of entry is just price and qualification. It's not that you can't make the payments or things of that nature. So again, like, you know, what if uh, someone is, is currently co-signed and they're trying to upsize that next property, maybe without that family member, that's another consideration. Can you qualify for that on your loan? You can't just take them off, as you mentioned. So that would be a, again, just kind of expression of that same scenario. So what about, you know, what about someone who's in a certain mortgage product that wants to switch? We haven't talked about like lender guidelines around if you have a variable rate and you love that discount that you have and you wanted to take that uh, mortgage over to another property. Um, you know, we could talk a little bit about, about that. I mean, uh, a, a perfect example would be uh, TD Bank. Um, TD Bank has uh, a porting policy where you can't port your variable rate mortgage over to a, uh, uh, another variable. Like you can't take the variable. You have to move it into a fixed rate if you port it. And they're not the only one. That's just an example of a larger bank. There's a bunch of different banks that have that same thing. So if you had, let's say you refinance to a variable at prime minus 110 or something like that, you got a fantastic variable rate and you're wanting to take that over to that next property. Well, if you port that, uh, they're going to convert that into a fixed rate and they're going to convert it into whatever fixed rate they want to at that time, which is probably their posted rate, which is typically higher than market options. So again, in porting, in that scenario, you're paying more and you're not, you don't have the option or the flexibility to adjust it into or keep that variable rate. But that's one of the nice things of going variable in general, which I'll touch on in a second. Derek, any thoughts on that as well? I was just going to probably mimic what you're going to say is that the beauty of the variable is that you could pay your penalty and it's going to be three months of interest, right? Like you're not going to see these 15, 20, $30,000 penalties being in a variable. So you do have that flexibility and you're not stuck by any means. Yep. yep. Um, but while we're on the rate piece, I mean, if we flip over to the fixed rate conversation, uh, again, most of the time, if you talk to a bank, they are typically talking about a five-year fix. Like that is what they push. Yeah. That's why 75% of Canadians have a five-year fixed rate mortgage, right? Because that's what the yeah. banks are trained to push, which it is what it is. Um, but you have to consider that, you know, maybe you have two years left in your fixed rate term and you call up your bank to port and they're like, okay, perfect. We can get you into another five year and the blended rate is X and it looks great. And you say, let's do it. Not really thinking ahead that, you know, you're putting yourself into that same product. And if you find yourself in three years again, which is very, very common, having to refinance or sell, upsize, downsize, move, whatever, you're dealing with the same thing. 
right? It's over and over and over again. So if you're going from fixed to a fixed, you really need to think about the term that you're taking. We typically recommend a three or four year because the stat, I think we've said this probably a hundred times on this podcast, but the stat is that Canadians break their mortgage just over every three years, about 3.2 years, I think it is. So if you want to go by stats, you know, a three or four years, typically a better bet if you are going fixed. You just got to keep in mind, you're putting yourself back into that same situation if you jump into a five-year again. Yeah, that well said, well said. And I think, again, just kind of get back to that point, you, you don't have to stress so much about the, the whole porting thing. Matt, when I think about this, you know, conversation that we're having right now, it, like <laughs> pretty much everything that we're saying is like, hey, it sounds like we're saying like, just don't port. And that that's not the case. Um, actually, it's not the case at all. We're not saying don't port your mortgage. So I, I hope that's not the uh, feedback that you're getting if you're listening to this. But I think the feedback that you should be getting is that uh, in so many circumstances, porting either A, doesn't work or doesn't work the way you thought it would and or B, doesn't make sense. And I hope that, you know, whoever's listening to this is, is you know, going to now start to, instead of just going, hey, let's port right away, it's going to open their eyes to some other options and maybe be a little bit more, um, you know, analytical and in, in trying to see if there's other, other better solutions out there for you. Um, you know, where where does it work? Like in my experience, like where have I seen it work for porting? Um, the first one is, again, like you mentioned, Derek, like most people don't realize you get into that five-year fixed mortgage because you think it's safer. And then, of course, you have a baby or life changes and you got to downsize your job moves like nobody sees most of these things happening and even if they do they don't really think too far ahead to to notice uh, you know these things might life changes so you have this $25,000 $30,000 prepayment penalty and you don't actually need to borrow a lot more well that makes a lot of sense like if you got a great mortgage rate and uh and you, you got this $25,000 penalty uh again make that move see if you can make that port because in so many different uh you know uh situations it does make sense for that purpose alone, save that 20 grand, you don't need to pay that to the bank, right? 100%. And I mean, on your initial point of, you know, we're not telling people not to port, we're super honest with all of our clients. And we crunch these numbers for our clients, like we have your best interest in mind. And we send a lot of people away. If it doesn't make sense to work with us, we send them back to their bank. And at least they have full confidence that they've had a diligent conversation. They know what else is out there. They know what the numbers look like. And they know they're making the best decision to go back to their bank or their credit union and port that mortgage. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So those are the situations where that can make sense. The second one is, uh, and, and again, this is not common in the BC market or Ontario market because the house prices keep going up, is if you're not borrowing any additional funds, like if your mortgage amount is staying basically the same and there's no extra money and you qualify, Again, assuming that there's no interest to be saved in those circumstances, it often makes sense to just port it over, save the penalty, that sort of thing. I mean, I, when I look back at it, I, after kind of reviewing this episode, I, I'm thinking to myself, like, realistically, like, the, the primary reason for porting is just straight up the prepayment penalty. The interest rates uh, are obviously a factor and a consideration. But again, if you're variable, you're variable. Um, you, if you're basically looking at a, a better discount, maybe, um, or if they haven't changed, you might want to look at that as an option. But outside of that, I mean, the number one reason is just that prepayment penalty, hey? Yeah. And I think the only other thing that we didn't really dig into was an interest rate. Like I had a client call me that got a 1.59% five or three year fixed about six months ago, and he's already selling and buying. 
And like, you're not getting that interest rate anymore. Right. And he really, really wants to maintain that for the rest of the term. So in that situation, if you have a phenomenal interest rate and you've got some good duration left, it can of course make sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. So like, I think the key to this conversation here is that, listen, if you're a real estate agent, you like definitely now know a lot more about porting your mortgage and you should treat this like any other pre-approval. So make sure to introduce them to your trusted professional that's actually going to go through the details. If you're a client listing this right here, I mean, I feel like you, you know, now you got to obviously ask the questions, get someone to run a quick little analysis for you to make sure the numbers are breaking even, you know, you're not going to get that kind of service and support from your bank. So, you know, make sure that whatever broker it is you choose, if it's us or somebody else that they are running, you know, a quick little analysis just to compare the numbers and have questions like we just asked you ask around like where are you going what are your plans these types of things these are the questions that people aren't asking first thing they do is just again we started the conversation they search just the rate or they look at the option it's so much more than that guys so so definitely think uh bigger on that um hey before we we end out the episode here uh we've we've we're at over 70 plus episodes uh we're pretty blown away by the support that we continue to get uh we always want consistent feedback or, or continuous feedback to what you guys are liking in the podcast and what types of things are really standing out to you we're going to definitely look to diversify as we get into the second half or well, we're already in the second half but i guess the fourth quarter of uh 2021 and things uh change do you want to hear more about current market uh opportunities investment opportunities interviews real estate agents you name it let us know send us some feedback uh, you can email us info at thrivemortgage.ca. You can send us a message on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to find us at the YBR Emo Show or at Thrive Mortgage Co. And of course, if you want our team working for you, make sure to send us a message or head to our website, thrivemortgage.ca. Derek, another great episode. Thanks for tuning in. All right. See you guys next time.